Hi, thank you for joining me. This is John Newby with John 2028 Apologetics. And today's podcast is going to be going over a questions and answers section that Ben Shapiro just had at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. This is about five to six days ago. If y'all don't know who Ben Shapiro is, um, he's a conservative political thinker that goes around the uh, country and generally does go to colleges and universities and gives them that perspective, which they really don't get, generally. Um, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a pretty smart guy, pretty brilliant. Um, definitely agree with a lot of his uh, political stances, and but um, I, I do I do like him. Um, he is a Orthodox Jew, so he is. We need to pray for his salvation, um, just like Jordan Peterson. Um, there was a, a pretty famous. It's, go, it's going pretty viral right now, so we'll play the clip that a lot of people. You might be thinking that I'm going to play, but I'm just going to play it. We're just going to talk about this shortly, and then we're going to talk about the question beforehand that's not getting a lot of play because of this question. And this is shortly after him talking about transgender. Hello, my name is Quentin Merritt. I'm a mathematician and a physicist here, a double major, and I also just won the most prestigious award in the country to pursue research at any institution I want, the National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellowship. So I think I'm pretty, you know, qualified to say that most of what you're saying is based on, like, old... So this young man is in disagreement with Ben Shapiro, and he's stating why he is, um, you know... I can I can disagree with you because I'm intellectually superior, or I have more studying or more knowledge. And he's using a uh, argument from authority here. This is a horrible argument. He's already starting off bad. When you have to start listing your critiques and and why you are right instead of your argument saying why you're right, means that you're wrong. Well, data. Um, but my question to you, and so I want to like last month, but sure. Um, like, for example, gender identity disorder, that's the DSM-4, bro. We use the DSM-5 now for psychologists to be able to talk about... I literally about... cited the DSM-5 in the speech, and it's called gender dysphoria, which is I literally term that said... I use... So he's saying that Ben Shapiro's using old information to talk about uh, transgenderism, and so obviously the guy wasn't paying attention, or he wasn't there, um, but he's wrong, because he did say... The update information, which, by the way, it's it is a mental disorder. I mean, I don't care how many updates they have. And uh, what does he do? He starts mocking them and he starts to throw insults, and that's what we're gonna listen to real quick. Just throughout the speech, not gender. You sound like a bozo, bro. And you get no pussy, and you can't even make your wife wet, bro. So what's good? So he just says that you don't, you know can't please your wife and you don't get a lot of loving from your wife that's his answer <laughs> i mean it's i'm laughing not because of what he said i'm laughing because of the ignorance so number one, let me just say the nice thing about Having the real several question, small children, the real I don't feel is, the necessity if, to have my masculine. We're using a Western like colonial idea of gender. Then why should it apply? If we're using because because the gender binary is a Western colonial is a Western colonialist 
framework of gender. You're you right. Know? Men and women don't exist in any other culture. No, 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 no. Right. Think about Native American. Third gender people. I'm not saying that. Third gender people exist in Native American societies, Western African societies, like Southern Native American societies, like Mexico. So in other places that are not white dominated, and they like are the United incorrect. States or Europe. So as you can see where this uh, question and answer segment is going, why it's getting so much uh, publicity because people like this kind of drama, this uh, type of insults, this tire fire type thing, you know. And then he goes on to say, I'm a mathematician, I'm a physicist, so I can basically challenge you and Ben Shapiro tells him that you, know, you need to have your award revoked, so... Anyways, I wanted to play that because I wanted to show why I think this question that was directly before is not getting played as much because this question is drowned it out. So here we go. It's so I'm watching the video. It's probably at least a thousand. And I'm Will. I have a religious question for you. So I figure you've probably heard this before. But see so there's about a thousand people, it looks like here, college kids. And um, there are, there is a, whenever I listen, whenever I read people online, when they talk about Ben Shapiro, there is a big Christian community that likes him. And uh, I mean, we worship a Jew. So, you know, we, we love Jewish people. I mean, I worship a Jew. Okay. And there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of Christians that want him to come to faith, right? Want to accept the Messiah. So this young man here is going to ask him a question about Jesus. He's going to quote C.S. Lewis. So let's listen to it. C.S. Now this is the question again that was right before the one that you just listened to. C.S. Lewis makes the argument that because of Jesus' exclusive claims that he is either a liar that intentionally le intentionally led people astray, a lunatic that believed that he was the son of God and he wasn't, or he's Lord, would you put him in one of those categories or would you put him in another separate category? So, I mean, because I'm a Jew, I'm just going right. to, I mean, look, I'm a Jew, so obviously for those who are not particularly versed in Judaism, the reason we're not Christians is because we don't believe that Jesus right. was the Messiah or, or a physical iteration of God. Mm -hmm. All right, so Ben's about to answer the question, but he doesn't really answer the question because, and I'm not throwing stones at him. I'm not trying to be rude, but he knows he's very smart. He knows that a majority of his followers and the people that like him and the majority of the people probably in this audience is conservative Christians, right? So he's going to have to be real careful how he answers this question because he also is not going to deny his faith, which is Orthodox Judaism. So C.S. Lewis basically is putting the putting a question out that means there's really only a few alternatives. You're going to only a few answers. Only a few possible answers or truths about Jesus. He's crazy, he's a lunatic, or he's the son of God. So he proposes that question to Ben. And Ben tap dances around the question. Probably the best I've ever heard someone tap dance around a direct question. And he does the uh, smoke and mirrors though still. And he tries to present 
another side to it to to this question, and we're gonna dive into what how he answers this and how it's just completely ridiculous. All right. So the 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 answer that is typically given here is there is a fourth option, which is the the belief in Judaism that the that the Gospels are are unverifiable and that the and that they don't relate Jesus' own self-perception. So I've said this before, that it's not that Jesus was a liar or that he was a lunatic. It's that, you know, in Judaism, we don't actually believe that, that a lot of the claims that Jesus makes in the Gospels jive well with what Jews even at the time would have claimed, right? which is actually the claim that Christianity makes. Christianity also makes the idea, uh, makes the claim that Jesus is making transformative claims that would have existed outside of Judaism. So obviously, if you're a Jew and you see those claims made, you're like, well, no Jew would make that sort of claim. That's a weird claim to make. Christians are like, right, no, no Jew would have made that sort of claim. Yeah, no Jew would have made that claim, but the Messiah would have made that claim. Ancient Judaism believed Meshna, or the word in Hebrew, was eternal, was going to come, was going to forgive the world, help create the world. Everything I'm saying almost sounds like today's Christian beliefs, but there was a sect of Jews that believed these things back before Christ came to earth. That's the first point. And Isaiah 53 has always been the staple for the uh, prophecies of the Messiah, which was believed by Jews before Christ. It's only after Christ when Jews still don't accept Christ where they want to say it just means Israel or some, some other nature. It's not talking about the Messiah. When ancient Israel and ancient Jews believed... All right, so hold on. Let's, let's continue this uh, question real quick. Option from within Judaism is to suggest that, that Jesus was actually a historical figure who was saying a lot of things that Jews would agree with, because if you read a lot of the New Testament, it, as you would expect, mimics a lot of the things in the Old Testament, and that he was actually a political figure and that the Romans crucified him because he was a political figure who was attempting to lead a rebellion against their tyranny. That's the Jewish historical claim about Jesus. Now, again, I'm not saying, saying that Christians agree with that claim. They don't. This is why I'm Jewish. This is why you're Christian. Nor am I saying that if you're Christian, you shouldn't go to church. You absolutely 100% should. I'm trying to encourage more Christians. to. So, and now he, so he makes a claim that maybe it's not that he was a liar or he is the son of God. Maybe it's just that the New Testament doesn't get it right, doesn't outline the exact um, beliefs of the apostles and or the exact claims or the exact claims that uh, Jesus made that we got it wrong. So, and that's, that's really silly. It really is silly. Um, you can read all the early church sources like the Didache or writings from Clement or Polycarp Ignatius, which is all first century, all from the, uh, Polycarp Ignatius are from the Apostle John. They were taught by him, so we know what they believed, and they were literally students from the Apostle John. We got the Didache, which was a writing that was like a summary of Christianity and baptism and how the church functions and everything else, because, you know, people can't carry around a New Testament. Those were written in scrolls. Okay, it's not like a book. All right, and it costs a lot of money. So it's kind of like a summarization of of the way Christianity was at that point in time, like a, a go-to guide, like a Christianity for idiots, something like that. And on top of that, we have over 1,500 pieces of papyri of the New Testament. Of the New Testament, 5,800 pieces of papyri. Let's put that in perspective of the evidence for documents. So just go to Prophet Google and just type it in. 
type of New Testament manuscripts versus classical works of antiquity. That's that's fine. Just type that in. Alright? Like Pliny the Younger's history. That was written in 61 to 113. Earliest copy from Pliny the Younger's writing. 850 AD. That's 750 years post writing. And you know how many copies? Seven. Herodotus' history. 480 to 425 BC. Earliest copy? 900 AD. Time span? 1300 years. Number of copies? Eight. Homer's Iliad. Written 900 BC. Earliest copy? 400 BC. Time span? 500 years. Numbers of copy? 643. Does Ben Shapiro believe that we don't have the copy or we don't have the original writing of Homer's Iliad? Of course we do. Because all these copies are found in different parts of the world and you can compare and contrast because it's called an open transmission of text. It's a free or it's an open transmission. So if you find Homer's Iliad buried in Egypt and you find Homer's Iliad buried in Russia and you find Homer's Iliad buried in North Africa... And they were written by different people, or, or excuse me, they were translated by different people. So it wasn't translated by the same person, so it brings more validity to having the original writing of Homer's Iliad. And you can compare and contrast all these different copies, and you build the strength of an original copy. That's how, that's how um, this stuff works. Well, the New Testament has 5,000, 5,800 copies. Think about that. Does anyone ever deny that we don't have Homer's Iliad? Of course not. Or any of these other writings, Plato's. This one's Plato, Tetralogies. Written when? 427 to 343 BC. Earliest copy, 900 AD. That's 1,200 years. Number of copies, 7. So, Ben is just wrong. We know what the original... New Testament writers wrote. We know what Paul's epistles, we know John's letters. You can disagree with them. But Ben didn't want to answer the question. And then he started going off. And then he slow he uh what he said that that there's maybe another answer that we just don't know what Jesus really thought. And then he quickly said that he wants Christians to go to church. Because it brings good intrinsic values, good moral values, which a lot of it in line with the Old Testament. Because, you know, we got the same book that they do. So, back to C.S. Lewis's question. And I'm more posit- more than positive C.S. Lewis knows about the the tenacity in the of the New Testament, how much evidence there is of, of the copies it's just he knows this that's why it leaves you really to that that question was Jesus a lunatic a liar or is he the son of God he's the son of God he's the son of God earliest Christians believe that the New Testament attests to that the people who like Pliny the Younger and others who were against Christianity Knew that's what Christians believed. He obviously didn't believe that. But the early enemies of the church knows what Christians believed. 
So to pretend that 2,000 years later, there's some different interpretation of beliefs that's evolved over time is incorrect. You can literally read their works. Celsus, is, Celsus wrote a book called The True Word, mocking Jesus Christ being called the Word. Like, I don't know, 130, 140 years after Christianity has started spreading. So this is a very early, very early um, attack on the church. And he mocks Christians and, their, and our beliefs. But, he, but doing that, he acknowledges our beliefs. You see? You see? So this evolved over time, this legend evolved over time is incorrect. The Didache was some scholars, which I just mentioned, Didache. Go ahead and type it in. Go back to Prophet Google again and type in Didache. D-I-D-A-C-H-E, I believe. Just type it in. It's like 60, 70 A.D. Some people put it 110 A.D. or around that time. It's extremely, extremely early. And it even quotes the gospel in it. It quotes Matthew and other books. Which is more evidence that this was widespread and known. And that the gospels were circulating at this early time. So no, Ben, you're not correct. You're smarter than me. You're smarter than almost every human on the earth, no doubt. But you're wrong. And you probably don't... You, you might know this, but again, you don't want to offend 95% of your fan base, which I get. But you're just simply wrong. And you need to repent and you need to accept Jesus as your Messiah because he's the Messiah. All right? Thank you for listening. God bless.